this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today, we're going to explore something that might be a little bit under your nose. No, a little further down. Keep going. Keep going. Now, if you're wearing a button-up shirt, congratulations, you found it. If not, well, you'll have to take our word for it that it should be there. I'm talking about buttons. Specifically, the things you can do with buttons that you might not have thought of other than just buttoning a closure onto your clothing. Although there is that as well, and that's equally as important because usually that's the primary reason they're there. But did you know that there's so much other stuff you can do with them? There really is. And personally, I love collecting them, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So open up your big book of stuff and get ready to turn to the findings section, or if not finding, the sewing section, and if nothing else, the notion section, because we are going to talk about buttons and unusual things to use them for. Okay, let's get started. So let's talk a little bit about the history of buttons and why we can't be sure what that history may be. Because if you read most Western sources, you'll hear that, oh, well, we can trace it back to the Indus Valley around, I want to say 2000 BC. But that's only one side of history. There are so many places in this world on this big blue orb full of water and mystery that to think that that would be the only place and the oldest place that buttons would come about is a little bit, uh, I don't want to be insulting, but it's a little bit self-indulgent on the part of Western civilization. Indeed, buttons are found everywhere, almost all over the world. So yes, we're going to say for the intents and purposes of Western buttons, then yes, they would be around 2000 BC uh, in the Indus Valley. However, Keep in mind that buttons just aren't in the Western civilization, nor are they just in the Western world. They're everywhere. And buttons can be of bone, of metal, of shell, of all sorts of things. Even if you have a rather large seed, you could use it as a button. Hello, this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottagecore Life. Today... We're going to explore something that might be a little bit under your nose. No, a little further down. Keep going. Keep going. Now, if you're wearing a button-up shirt, congratulations, you found it. If not, well, you'll have to take our word for it that it should be there. I'm talking about buttons. Specifically, the things you can do with buttons that you might not have thought of other than just buttoning a closure onto your clothing. Although there is that as well, and that's equally as important because usually that's the primary reason they're there. But did you know that there's so much other stuff you can do with them? There really is. And personally, I love collecting them, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So open up your big book of stuff and get ready to turn to the findings section, or if not finding, the sewing section, and if nothing else, the notion section, because we're going to talk about buttons and unusual things to use them for. Okay, 
Let's get started. Now, if we were to head to the, I want to say, most common example, you're going to look at a flat button, probably with four holes, and that's the most common button. Usually it's white, black, or red, sometimes brown, and you find it on button-down or button-up shirts, on hunting shirts, on some dresses in the back, but also you can find buttons throughout history on shoes. Right now, the most common shoes that have buttons are the ones that we put on children in the United States. But that's not always the case because buttons don't just use um, materials to join together for their right to exist. There's other reasons that buttons are here. Did you know that for some people, buttons are more than just utilitarian? They're decoration. There is such a thing as using buttons for ornamentation beyond just because it looks pretty. For some people, it means some great significance. It's not just something to look pretty in. Um, And I keep saying pretty, so let's not say pretty again. All right, I said it again. What am I going to do about it, you know? I guess I better button up about pretty, right? Better button my lip. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. You know you thought it was cute. No? All right, we're going to keep going. Okay, so, yeah, other groups and different groups use buttons for different things when they have decorations, and they mean different things. Let's get into that. Now, for some of us, and I'm not going to say what subgroups I move through because that's not important to this episode, but let's just say I run through a lot of very widely dispersed circles and societies. But for some of us, buttons on our clothing can denote experiences, they can denote uh, rankings, and they can denote interests. Much like an embroidered badge, buttons can make this partly visible to someone else who recognizes what it will mean. For some of us, pearl-topped buttons mean a certain rank in different groups. Okay, I know I'm being vague, but I, I, there's only so much I can say But and as about certain things that I might be involved in. And nothing nefarious. These are social and charitable organizations. But like anything else, we sometimes have the super secret squirrel, secret handshakes. But in this case, it's about the buttons. Now, another thing that you would notice if you're running around traveling throughout the United States, if you head all the way over to the Pacific Northwest, you might find that certain indigenous nations use button blankets, and this is part of their regalia. Now, I'm not getting into what those may mean because those are not mine traditions. Those are not my traditions. Those are not my beliefs, nor are they my right to give you information that may not be correct because I'm not going to give you something that I don't know for sure. And if I don't know, I will tell you that I don't know. So I don't know enough about really to get into it other than the fact that they exist and there are button blankets and that's really cool. And there's that. The cool factor. So let's talk about the cool factor. 
All right, so you're looking at me like, how are buttons cool? All right, I'm going to tell you how they can be cool. You know, buttons just aren't for fastening. We talked about that. And even though this kind of crosses over into the area of a brooch, it is really a button. Remember campaign buttons, uh, buttons for what you believe in, rock and roll band buttons, although some of us also like anime buttons. Um, personally, I like uh, buttons with quotes on them, you know, fun quotes, like from one of my favorite authors, Laurel K. Hamilton. Her quotes are just awesome. <laughs> and if you, you read her books, you'll know that those quotes are not something that I might share here. So, um, but definitely they are fun. Uh, wearing buttons can be a conversation starter. Uh, you can see somebody who might have a button that says something about The Clash or Twisted Sister or BB Queen. Yes. There is actually an artist named B.B. Queen, just like there's an artist named B.B. King. And when I say is, because I always tell you, music lives on. So even if the, the musician is gone, the music lives on. So I don't say was, I always say is. Um, also, if you pay attention to your surroundings, you will notice that you see buttons almost all the time, especially when you go to different shops and stores. The greeter may have a button on them. Uh, certain kinds of conventions people wear buttons so it again will be something different you know some people see them as a pin but they're really buttons and they can convey uh, conversation pieces they can break a bridge between you and someone you don't know and again definitely denote your interests hobbies and things that bring you joy or strongly held beliefs Something else I really like to see when people use them are when uh, buttons, when you see the jewelry that people make, sometimes they slide them on safety pins and they have them dangle with the seed beads and they're really cool crafty little pins. And other times people make collages with buttons and wear them in their hair on ribbons or on uh, different ornamentations that way. I've seen buttons used to be an ornament or rather a, a notion on the edge of a veil before. Now it wasn't a wedding veil, but it was a veil. I've seen them be different kinds of decorations on tutus. Uh, and now when I say tutu, I don't mean the $3,000 tutus. I mean more along the line of the $20 tutus. And maybe we'll do an episode about tutus one day, but not today, not today. I love seeing buttons being placed where they don't have a function, such as at the end of sleeves on sweaters or on uh, not. Now, this is different than cufflinks, but when you put sweat uh, buttons and button holes on a shirt that didn't already have them at the sleeve, you kind of perk up the garment all the way. Buttons on a lapel. Buttons can also denote things like rank. Uh, such as pips on a person's shirt or on their collar. And if you don't know what a pip is, we'll get into that another day. But it's something like a rank. Think Star Trek. You see pips on their on their collars. But usually they're pins, but sometimes they really are just sewn on buttons. Something else that are good that are good when you have buttons is that you can string a lot of them together with fishing wire or dental floss and make your own unique keychains. And the reason you would do that is because one, they're inexpensive, and two, it's very difficult for someone to say that your keychain is theirs when yours is consisting of buttons.
And now we're going to head into a territory that you may not have been expecting. Or as one of my favorite shows uh, from long ago would say, and now for something different or really for something completely different. All of you up there who are about Gen X and up probably know I'm talking about the Monty Python show. If not, well, it's a thing you might want to look up. It's wonderful. Look up the life of Brian. And there's so many fun uh, gems for the new generations to discover. Uh, Not just that, but there's other shows too. Um, But if you're under 18, please don't look up Benny Hill. That's no, no, not even on the same level. (laughs) He's a comedian. Don't get me wrong, but definitely a different brand of of British humor. Okay, so almost about a billion, but not quite. But coming back, coming back, coming back. Um, So if you really think about it, buttons have so many uses that we don't use them for. And I'm going to give you one now. And that use is going to be for your candles. You heard me for your candles. One thing that people will notice is that once they put their candles out and it begins to cool down, sometimes the wick will sink down into the wax. And you can help prevent that, especially if it's in storage and it hasn't been burned. Sometimes the wick will get fused almost into the wax from disuse. One way you can help with that to keep that from happening, especially when you want to burn the candle later, is once everything's cooled down, put a button in there. Put a button in there. If you've already lit the candle, wait till it gets cool enough to where the button won't sink down to the bottom and thread that wick through the buttonhole and then let it cool. When you're ready to do the, um, the candle again, slide the button off and it'll be a little bit easier for you to light it and for it to be more vertical. This takes some practice sometimes, but once you start doing it, you'll do it all the time more than likely. Now, another way you can definitely use buttons is to actually make space in between your taper or your chime candles in your candle box. Remember, we talked about it before. You want to wrap them with wax paper. If you don't remember, go back through the episodes. I'm sure I talked about candle care. But what you can also do is to keep them from, like, even though they're in the wax, from kind of being, like, you know, in a block if it gets super hot in sometimes going beyond the wax paper, which they shouldn't, is to space them apart so that they're nicely evenly packed in the box. And to do that, you can use buttons, especially if you go to the local shop and find some random coat buttons or large buttons uh, without the bottom hook. You want them to be the kind that are flat completely, not coat buttons as far as the buttons you would have that only have a loop that looks like a mushroom You don't want that. You don't want one that has the loop through the backing. You want one that's flat. And put them in between the candles. Same thing with other supplies. uh, If you're packing them to go on a long distance that may jostle up against each other. A button, especially if you wrap it in tape, can be very handy, especially if you're carrying perfume bottles or things like that. Wrap it in gauze, wrap it in tape, wrap it in ribbon, and then shove the buttons in between the glass objects. And it's less likely that they're going to bump against each other and shatter. And I don't think we got into the episode with the drink covers. I think I was, yes, I got sick that week. So we never published that episode. So I'm going to publish that episode this week. But 
Another things button thing buttons are good for is to be a, a sort of handle, the end of a string handle when you're put using a drink cover on your drinks. And the reason we use cloth or waxed rather drink covers is to protect our drink from flies and other things as well as, you know, in the real world to know whether or not they've been tampered with in, in a, a place that maybe somebody might tamper with it. So that's something that you can use buttons for as well. <clears throat> and the way you can do that, you can either put it and stitch the, the thread at the very center with the button on the end, which would be pull tab. Or you can put buttons all around the four corners or however many corners your drink cover has so that it hangs down with a weight. And that's actually a lot nicer because that way it's, it's less likely to blow off uh, if there's a strong wind. Uh, usually you can use fishing weights as well, but buttons are pretty cool. And that way you can open up a whole new world and uh, fanciness. You know, you can be kind of kind of fancy schmancy. You walk up into a room and you're at the meadery or at the tea party and you pull out your drink cover from your purse. Your wonderfully, you know, covered purse, you know. And you pull out this wonderful drink cover and you put it over your drink and it's got these cool buttons and you're like, oh, you don't have one? No, anyway, but of course you wouldn't do that. My friends aren't snooty, not at all, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to do it. I mean, honestly, I would love to see someone come up with a pattern of, uh, from Supernatural and put it over their drink and put like a ring of sugar around their teacup. That would be awesome. Another fun way to use buttons in your home is to make them into signs or signage for your mailbox. You can cover the numbers on the mailbox with buttons uh, to make them stand out. And that's another way to keep the weather from wearing them off because oftentimes in the, with the weather the way it is in the Midwest, paint can wear off, especially if you have it with a thin paint. Another thing you can use this is for your um, your address placard on your front door. You can make a little button wreath or you can make a button uh, number so that people can see it again. You can easily uh, always embellish them. You can spray them with glow-in-the-dark paint or reactive paint to make sure that they can be seen. And definitely something else you can use buttons for is making art mobiles. Okay, so I'm saying an art mobile. I don't mean a vehicle that drives around and does art. Although we have one of those in Detroit. Uh, the, the store is named Arts and Scraps, and they have the 10-buck truck, and it drives around all of the cities, and it stops at schools and other events, and it has art supplies and people in there to teach people how to use scraps to make art. So there is an art mobile, but it's not that kind that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a mobile, the kind that hangs from the sky, not unlike the ones you use over a baby's crib. However, never use anything like a button or small buttons to hang over a baby's crib if you're making a mobile with buttons because they could fall off and the child could choke. So don't do that. But for those grown folks, you can definitely put a button mobile in your window or outside in your trees to make it a little bit more distinct. Make sure you use industrial epoxy so that birds don't automatically eat them and hurt themselves. 
because you don't want that either. You know, it's just another way to embellish your cottage. Speaking of cottage, today's music is called Cottages by Kevin McLeod. Now, I always call him McLeod. I know I think I'm saying it incorrectly, though. Someone told me I should be saying McLeod, but I don't know for sure. So if you do know, let me know. But I did download this music from Incompetech. So I wanted to give him his royalty as far as his attribution. And we're going to keep going. And of course, because I was raised by older people, my daddy who raised me was born in 1913. My mom who raised me was born in 1926. Um, I would be remiss if I did not tell you that there are you know, there are toys that you can make with buttons. Um, you can make puppets, little wooden uh, puppets that you can use. You can make marionettes and you can make that little spin toy that people have used. I don't know what you call it in your country or your area of the country. Um, we just use them for spinning buttons. And this toy is basically using a length of string or thread and you thread them through two buttons and you tie it off and so you have a loop big enough to hold on the fingers of both hands and the buttons are in the center and you spin them by propelling the center two buttons in a circle very quickly very fast they're all twisted up and then you pull it and you pull outward and you bring in and bring out and bring in your hands and it makes a whirring sound and sometimes they clack depending on the button and it's just fun and it's guaranteed to annoy mothers everywhere who don't want to hear this all hours of the day and night once their children discover it and that's fine because that's what it's for <laughs> that and ultimate joy i guess i could give you a story about um that toy i think i will here's a story uh, that was given to me by my daddy granville edward nesbitt he was in school, and back then it was a one-room schoolhouse, and he was mischievous. Very smart man, very very intelligent man, but he was mischievous. So as a boy, he would do things, and one of the things he did this one particular day, he had the button toy that I just told you about, where you spin the buttons and make them clack together, almost like your hands are like a cat's cradle almost, but he put them on his big toes. So while the teacher was trying to teach, he was making that whirring, clacking noise with his big toes he would spin them up or he would twist them up and put them on his big toes and he would wait he would wait until she was turned around and he would go rrr, rrr, and she couldn't find it for the longest time until you know he find. I, I don't think that he did actually get caught that easily um but he did that he used to do all kinds of um of little tricks and little fun things uh, there's a story with a phonograph and a piece of, of wire or string in his family home, but we'll get it. It would have been a Victrola at that time, but we'll get into that another day. But he was quite the character, and I'll show you some more stories of those later. But yeah, so uh, moving on. Another thing that buttons are great for is soothing. Believe it or not, you can use buttons for meditation as a calming tool. You know, one of the things I really loved when I was young was to go into my mom's room, and I very rarely went into her room without purpose and permission, by the way, and I would get the button basket, and my dad had a button basket too. It would float back and forth, and it was this wonderful um, straw-woven basket 
full of colors, and it had, and I'm sorry if I smacked in your ear, it had a collection of the most wild sort of buttons. There was everything from your common white shirt button to crazy uh, argyle covered buttons. There was camel bone, there was shell, there was metal, there was iron, there was even, there were even pearl buttons. I mean, there were all sorts of buttons. There were buttons that were for use with outfits that had costume jewelry attached. And one of the things I loved and that calmed me down was running my fingers through those buttons. And since I named my daddy who raised me, I have to name my mom who raised me. And her name was Mary Hines when she was uh, single. But before that, she was Mary McGee. But when she got married, of course, she was Mary H. Nesbitt. And she was absolutely awesome. She was she was a wonderful, wonderful woman who did everything she could to raise me the best way she could. And she had the most awesome collection of buttons ever. As a matter of fact, she was the one who had me learning uh, different things around the home. Because when she was younger, one of the ways she paid for school was working in the laundry and learning how, learning how to sew. Uh, that's after her family had uh, taken different kinds of moves in life. So this episode is dedicated to Mary Nesbitt and Granville Nesbitt. And I guess one more game that I could give you with buttons that is pretty simple is you get nine buttons, okay, uh, of one color and nine buttons of another color. And you make a tic-tac-toe on a table or you have a carry-along tic-tac-toe, which is pretty easy to make. I mean, we're going to do an episode on take-along games too, but in this particular case, all you need is a handkerchief uh, that you've either stitched the tic-tac-toe pattern onto or you have drawn it onto or something like that. And you just put the buttons inside the handkerchief or the cloth, uh, tie it up in a bow, and you can carry it along with you. And you can use them as tic-tac-toe on the go. And it's kind of fun to pull that out when you're kind of a little bit bored or you're passing time in between activities or topics of uh, conversation. They just have tic-tac-toe and quietly enjoy a game with a companion or someone who might just happen to be next to you. Just remember, it is the time of germy germs. So, you know, maybe consider... Uh, knowing the person pretty well before you do that. And hand sanitizer is your friend. So just a thought. But, oh, and it looks like we've come to the end of this episode. So I guess I want to thank everyone for not buttoning down against listening to me. No? Oh, come on. That was funny. Okay, fine, fine, fine. All right. But I love sharing things with my friends and we're friends, right? So. If you have a favorite kind of button, share it with me in the Shire. Or you can always direct message me on Facebook under my Magical Cottagecore Life or through the Shire itself. I get so many messages from you all. And I understand about not wanting to share online. I completely get it and it's absolutely okay. You can also message me through Spotify if you're listening on Spotify or through Anchor itself. So don't be shy. I love hearing from you. And I look forward to seeing you here on next time, here next time, here on my magical cottage car life. <laughs>